0: Take 10 for Boston's 10. Take Phil and Shannon to go. Take live streaming breaking news.
1: Take 10 and get your news local and live.
0: Download the NBC 10 Boston app today. Boston's 10 News to Go.
1: Hey guys, quick reminder, don't miss America's number one singing competition, The Voice. Or TV's number one drama, This Is Us. Or the one new show everyone is buzzing about. New Amsterdam. You can find them all tonight on NBC. How convenient is that?
0: For the next two fun-filled hours, get ready to learn something new, be inspired, enlightened, spooked, helped, laugh, cry, and be awakened. And now, your host of Awakening the Unknown. You never know what these two will be up to next. So please welcome Susan Swanback and Michelle Sullivan. Well,
1: hello there, everybody. How are you doing out there? It's fine and fantastic this Thursday night. God, I just love Thursday. I but love just in Thursday. case our guest is listening, Kyle Johnson, um, um, if you could do me a favor, darling, and not call the cell phone, but if you could call in, I did send it to your messenger in case you're listening, send I'll it over to 323-870-3877, call into the block talk number, so hopefully there there is no problem as we wait to hear from Kyle, but no, Mama, you know, okay. I have the strangest things happen to me. Julia, I. You swear know, to God, the people, we can't even make up the stuff you that can't. happens in our Absolutely lives. Absolutely can't because. <laughs> I tell you that. You know, I, I seem to be like the taxi lately, but that's okay. You know, it really is. I don't mind They're my kids, and. and they're in between cars, and Bo's very picky and wants to get his wife something nice. So, Aww, I mean, yeah, that's, that's who nice. he is. He's a sweet ass. So, I've been transporting kids all over the place lately. <laughs> I think my allergies are kicking in tonight, so bear with me. But, unfortunately, because I've been so busy, I haven't had my usual meditation quiet time. Oh, I that's took to sense that, sense. not last night, but the night before. Yeah. us keep in the tub. You know you have to talk. Oh, yeah. Before <laughs> four am... In the morning, (laughs) so I totally get the feeling. It doesn't seem to enough. Okay. So, all right. There you go. All right. So, I'm driving home from Cabo after dropping Bo off at at his job because he works. He works nights because he says he makes more money that way. That might be a true fact, actually. Yeah. That might be a true fact. Yeah, he does. He makes more money, but he's coming up to fresh fruit season, which is where he makes even more. Anyways, make a long story short. I'm driving on. Meanwhile, I'm driving home on the highway. I had my 15-year-old with me. And that's the time my guys decide, hey, let's give Sue some messages. Well, why not? And, and, you know, it's like, guys, uh, uh, I'm trying to drive a car. Now, this, now, so, but, how, These <laughs> guys to some pretty darn important messages that I'm interrupts you literally focusing and driving. Oh, that's not the first time it's it's, Well, they probably caught you on yeah. phone. Like so else. I asked them very nicely, okay, could you, like, I don't know, not talk to me now? Can, can we have the conversation <laughs> later? And they're like, no. You know, it, it's like You know what it is? It's the same thing when I say, Joe, take out the trash. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Do you know? notice when you ask a teenager to take out the trash, it still sits there? Oh, for days. Are you kidding me? Unless it goes to Auntie Michelle's house. And then it's funny, I just go, Joe, would you mind? And, and then, then like, they does it. Boom. Out the door he goes. You know? Okay. We don't know where our guest is. So we're just gonna keep talking about just about anything we could think of. So
0: let's oh, well. see who's
1: on online right now with us. Well I do have to say I really did I Carl, I hope you call in. I hope everything's okay. I hope Mama Bad is all good. I hope your brother and everyone else in the family is all good. Yeah, I really hope everyone um, is really good. So we're just going to continue going because, you know us, we never give up. And with yeah. Bear with my voice tonight. I, I did drive home with the windows open, so my allergies kicking in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wasn't a good idea. So, well, kind of tonight Michelle decided to go all business. All business, darling. Okay. And well, I you know. figured, Patty, mm-hmm. how y'all doing? Mm-hmm. You like that? <laughs> you, you're like, you like like How (laughs) do I explain it? You have your style of business, I got mine. Yeah, this is my style of business. Let's get busy. busy. All right, so Carl should be coming in shortly. Uh, The book that he wrote was actually called Shadow Realms. This is a demonology book. This is a demonology book. I did send it over. It was like, um, normally I have a week or two to read the book, but I was literally finishing it up today. So. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> so, I and then I have to bring the kids to work. I have guys talking to me, and then I'm coming back. And I, you know, I got to do more. So it's like, okay, I could do that. Pop in the shower, <laughs> <and> stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, was there anything important that
0: the guys are
1: trying to get to? those they were like, well, oh, oh. no, they weren't talking about hot pockets. Hey, Carlton. <laughs> Hi, Stephanie. Don't Hello, forget. darling. Hey, um, Phil, you guys in? Yes. All right. Saturday night is when our psychic and training will be going out blind going blind blind going right. blind for those of you that are unaware what that means yes going blind means she gets absolutely no historical background to the place blind. everybody else but you will know what the history of the building is and that is to give your senses you you, i want you to spit out everything that you see sense feel and hear is what i want you to do and that's going to help you have a lot of faith in yourself and your abilities and sooner or later i can go back to doing my thing and you'll be doing the psychic stuff yeah exactly (laughs) and i got the rest of the uh production team and working the class with them they're learning the cameras. They're working how to edit. They're working how to use the
2: studio equipment,
1: yep. and we're taking them also on the road to Saturday. this Saturday. Hey he we have him. This oh man. my gosh! Okay, here we go. The one, <laughs> the <laughs> only, Carl <laughs> L. Johnson. Hi there. Oh,
3: well, What I was listening <laughs> to was
0: so interesting. It was so interesting, I didn't want to interrupt
2: you. <laughs> He's going in blind. I know no. some psychics want to do that. They want to go in blind. <laughs> right?
1: Yep. right? And it's yeah. Right? They prefer it because, because that way
4: their impressions aren't contaminated and they can give a more true
1: reading. It's also a exactly. test of their ability. Exactly.
2: Yes. And yes. also yes. it
1: helps with confirmation with people that are new and and haven't had the ability to utilize it gift yeah. for a while. But just so everybody knows, we happen to have Carl Johnson on, Yay. which he was on our first show ever. Our very first show, our very first first on show the Network. ever. He was here with the Rift Network. And then we have Lana on, who's also co author of the book Shadow Realm. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. going to pull up. And the reason there is, and if you are on the page and you've read the blog talk description, there is a viewer and listener. Um, you know, please be be. Oh my God, I'm having a bloody flashback. Yeah, Viewer and listener discretion is advised. And the reason yes. for that is not everybody can handle the demonology type thing. yeah. Yes. You know want that. to keep it kind of. Some people have yeah. different. So this, this way, you now have free reign mm-hmm. to explain everything. Keep nothing hidden, Carl. So I mean, I really did find this book very fascinating. I really did. Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked the information in it. Um, a couple of your theories actually had me <laughs> looking up a couple other books, Ooh, like the book yeah. of Eno. I started reading the description of the book of Eno's and I'm saying, wait a minute, I want to read that. All right. I actually marked off every single Bible verse that you recommended in my Bible. That's over 100 years old. Thank you. You probably
4: I'm, know them better than I do at this point. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. she does study every Friday. I do. I do Bible study in in Portuguese, actually, every Friday. Yeah. But I do have the mark because I did want to read and you know, uh, I wanted to immerse myself in the book and know exactly where you what you were saying, what you're explaining. So there is, it is marked off. If anybody, oh, if you want like me to read them or bring them up, I have them here in the, the holiest of holy <laughs> yes, yeah. and in English, and in Portuguese, if we have people out there who would like to hear the verse of Portuguese, <laughs> well, I can uh, read that for you. But, uh, well, yeah. the first question I want to start off with, honestly, is I, I know that you you have been involved with the paranormal for a very long time, but I wanted you to give your description of what actually demonology is.
4: Oh, may I uh, answer one other uh, question you haven't even asked for well you did ask how I got started in this uh, okay. kind of owe that to my mother I don't know if you've had a chance to see the episode uh, it's a fairly recent episode of A Haunting and that tells the story of my brother and sister and I growing up in a mm-hmm. sporadically haunted house in Situate Rhode Island and, uh, yeah. and as you- somebody that had actresses well, an actor portraying my father an actress portraying my mother an actress portraying my sister and my brother, I was, apparently I was a really good-looking kid, you know, but, uh, <laughs> may I, would you like to say hello to my mom? She's right here. Hi, Mom. Hi, Wait, Can Here, here she is. To... Say hello, Mom. This is Hi. the radio show.
1: Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you, Mama Beth? How are you doing? Okay. I'm doing all right. Thank yeah. you. you <laughs> demonologist online. are you proud of him He's got another the demonologist
0: out. in line and keeping me in oh line. yeah
1: i i try i try <laughs> i don't do very good though
0: hey mother
4: what did you what did you my mother's her name is beverly johnson mom what yeah. do you think of that actress who played you on a haunting what do you think of that actress that they the look-alike actress
1: she didn't look a thing like i did nothing Oh, absolutely! Oh, so and
2: <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't nearly as heavy as that, and I, I just didn't look like that, and neither did my husband. <laughs> they couldn't find
1: someone to cover to, to truly portray you because they just all failed in comparison, Mama Beth. That's why
4: they all failed in comparison. Yeah.
1: Just, Thank you. <laughs>
4: Thank
1: you. Yeah. Nobody can, can be Mama Beth Johnson but Mama Beth Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
4: <laughs> nobody you know. can play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got her all wound up now. <laughs> I guess I <sounds laughs> like, I got you wound up. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to put her <laughs> on for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, she say says that. I don't know.
3: Uh-uh. Yeah, the oh, my one, goodness, the goodness. actor who played
4: my, my father didn't really look like him. I mean, he was never that heavy. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, but they had more of a portly oh. man portraying him.
1: Well, they see the camera at 10 pounds, so maybe, you
2: know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my god. he must have added about 40 pounds look to him. At yeah.
1: you know I'm, I'm thinner. That's cool. Right, right? Right? <laughs> Carl
3: Teller,
1: right? Yeah. He's
3: a lot 10 pounds thinner yeah. in real life, right? Yeah, yeah. I
4: believe that. Uh, it's true. I'd like, to, oh, <laughs> I'd like to see the the shy side of 200 pounds again, but for a healthy reason, yes. You know, like my yeah, brother's yeah. losing weight, yeah. and i got to do that, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: um, that's that's heavy the health issues, I heard. Hopefully, you're doing a lot yeah. better.
4: Yeah. Okay. Let me let me just see Mama, something. Um,
1: something. That is. <laughs> no, right, it looks so like a
4: tow truck. It's like a tow before truck.
1: Book, before before we actually do get into your book, let's get into the beginning. Uh, you growing up in the house. You moving to the basement and I know that you had some experiences in the hu- in the house you were growing up, which is appearing on a new episode. Why don't yes. you start from the Go beginning ahead. of why you took this direction? And then we'll actually I get into the parts of this book, because we're going to make people buy this book. Oh, they, yeah, I, apparently I read you, book. you read
4: book. I was going to say you either read my book or saw the television episode, because, yes, I did move down to the basement, and that's where things started to happen Uh, haunted house in Situate, Rhode Island and uh, well, uh, I think it started off with um, playing on a Ouija board, my sister and I would and we asked for a sign and the spirit of the board said cellar and so I went down my sister and I sat on the cellar stairs and we heard rapping on a wooden partition along the stairwell and that seemed to, well strange things were happening in, in that house anyway but that really upgraded it and eventually, I wanted my own space, being a teenager, so I moved my, my room down to the basement, and that's when I started hear the, hearing the noises that before we had heard while we were upstairs, and oh, they're going on while I'm down here. One time, I went and I was fumbling for the light, and I saw uh, the apparition, I guess I could say, of a woman. This is what we would call in the trade a full-bodied apparition. Seemingly very Hi. solid, like she didn't make any sound. I have to say she, because it was the figure of a woman. She didn't make any sound as she walked across the, the floor toward me, and then she walked by me, and that was quite alarming. At the time, I didn't, because I would, didn't expect it at all, and, uh, and I mean, I had been talking to spirits and trying to get a response, but that happened when I was not doing so, and there it was. And, uh, (laughs) I saw her four times all together. So that really kicked in my interest, uh, in the paranormal. And, uh, I seem to center more on the dark side. Uh, that may have started with my involvement in the, the Perrin case, the the Perrin family lived out in in, uh, Harrisville, part of Boroughville, Rhode Island in a farmhouse. And, um, I think the farmhouse was built in 1734. It was really old. I mean, you know, parts of it had been redone, but the core of the house was in colonial times. It was constructed. And, um, well, I uh, was involved in that first investigation, paranormal investigation of the parent household. And 40 years later, that became the subject of the movie The Conjuring.
2: And it was, you may
4: know that it was my my brother, Keith, and I, who called in Edward and Lorraine Warren to assist with that investigation. So, and that came history. So that's how I started. And then my my first, uh, well, that was my first residential case in which I was involved. The second one
1: was a a, full-blown
4: demonic case. Yes.
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. And then um, what what was it that you knew actually people, the Annabelle thing was all kind of related to the Conjuring and Perrin case too, wasn't it, Carl? Well, it's tied in in the
4: motion pictures, yeah, but it wasn't related to the, the actual Perrin case at all. Uh, but it is uh-huh. a Warren file, you know, the Warren stuff.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, That's
4: right. Yeah. Uh, Ed and Lorraine had a doll <laughs> in a showcase, contained in a showcase in um, – their paranormal museum or supernatural museum,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, that
4: doll was named Annabelle, and it was actually a Raggedy Ann doll, and that was a, yep. a haunted doll. And they yep. even have a warning on it in the display case that says, Do not touch, dangerous, do not touch. Um, now, personally, if, if somebody, to... what, come on, Go on.
1: remember Carl, it doesn't talk about time. Annabelle. It happens to be Ed Warren's anniversary of his death today, by the way.
4: Oh, Oh my word. Thanks for reminding me. It is. Yes, it is, indeed. Um,
1: I can only imagine how Miss Lorraine's doing.
4: Um, Yes, well, my brother used to call in and express his, you know, he used to call Lorraine because they were were quite on friendly terms. And uh, Mm -hmm. my brother would call on the anniversary of Ed's passing or he'd send a card and I don't know if Lorraine... Receives them, or she doesn't take calls anymore, and right, uh, yes. even from theater, she knows. But pretty, pretty much so now. And uh right. yes, this is the anniversary of it. The 23rd of August has always been rather strange for me. I mean, huh. by kind of coincidence, I'm doing your show tonight, and I'm honored to have been yeah. your first guest. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll be your last, your last guest. Forty years from now, it's know, but. Uh,
1: yeah, you never yeah, know. But... Well, you're not. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't retire. You got more
4: writing to do. <laughs> that I
2: do, Yeah. No, thank And we got way
1: more investigating
2: to do together, Carl. Yes. We yeah. To, yes. We're know. just starting that. Oh, we're just beginning. It's at the tip. Of
1: the <laughs> My RV is <laughs> on the road. I'm going to kidnap you, and we're going to kidnap Lana. we got to get Cody Oh, Cody's girlfriend. Cody's got to yeah. come. Don't worry, Cody and your girlfriend. We've we got to spare bed for you guys. Yes, everybody uh-huh. stop packing the bag, emergency <laughs> bags, because you never know oh, when yeah. the waking of are going to just show up and come on through. And we'll, we'll just, what are you uh, doing uh, yeah. we We're going to kidnap you. <laughs> 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 we'll be the paranormal <laughs> dream team. Uh, Wouldn't that be amazing? We would We probably definitely would. Well, it works out perfectly because yeah. I like filming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Cody's amazing about mm-hmm. equipment. Audio? Oh my god. And I never He's shut up. With him. Yeah, you, you never. Saw it, so, so he calls us even all so he can find at least a couple of demons I can argue with. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we could. Well,
4: I'll tell god. you about the the twenty third of of August just briefly. Um, as you cited, it's the anniversary of Ed Warren's passing, rest in peace. And um,
3: yes.
4: it, it's my niece's birthday. She turns 38 today. Um, wow. it was it, It's the anniversary of the first. Oh, yes. The first EVP I ever recorded, electronic voice phenomenon, an example of EVP.
3: And I wasn't even no. trying. I didn't
4: know about spirit voices being recorded, knew nothing about that. And uh, a message came out on a cassette recorder mm-hmm. I was recording. Yep. And it just extraneous. Mm, that's the one in your right? Yeah. And it says, Carl, help me. Help. Yep.
1: And oh, I- interestingly,
4: yeah. we had to speed it up to decipher it. We had to speed up the recording. A friend of mine and I, and we, uh, that was just incidental, you know?
2: So, wow, and, um Yeah.
1: Remember, like it's so, so
2: Yeah, that's one. Yeah. That you remember,
1: Carl. After all these years, you remember your very. It hasn't year. been that long. Yeah. So I mean, do you remember your no, first kiss? You you just got out of college two weeks ago. I don't remember the very so I don't remember when I lost my virginity. Never. Uh, uh, my uh, I was going to say something
4: evening. about you. I was going to say something about your first kiss, but you took it to the next level. So.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All really right. Well,
4: a that's a topic for another show. Oh, not even. No. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a full show. That is two hours. Yeah. Oh. Well,
1: you know. Yeah. I'm a psychologist, so I could do a show like that, helping people out. Today Why not? You be Why not? <laughs> and I just see. Yeah. I find I'm very like. I find that really amazing that after all these years, it was that moment was so so significant in your life that you still remember that? And how amazing is it related to Ed Warren's death anniversary? How right. can you forget it? You know? I know. And not birthday. So that's a, that's a really epic, remarkable thing to come happen on that day. It's really great. It really is. Huh. I, I think that's pretty I mean, cool. I think so, too. So it's, you had a, it's, who had it's a magical day. Say, it's
4: a day of synchronicity. For me. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Synchronicity. Yep. That was from another guest. But that's really that.
4: basically how I became involved first in paranormal investigation and, and then in specializing as a demonologist. And by that, I mean I address some of the more malevolent-sounding situations that are brought to my attention that have paranormal leanings. So, so when, can uh, you... a group. Yeah, go on.
1: Sorry, can you explain the difference between – a demonic haunting or a regular um, or a regular type of haunting because it have can be hard to
4: yeah. it can be hard right. to differentiate between the two. Uh, one can lead to another, and, but there are indications that it's something more malevolent, you know, something heavier, something inhuman, demonic, and uh, indications of that are well. Let's let's start with a, a human generated haunting. They can be wicked. Okay. They can be scary and exasperating. But generally, uh, it's repetitive. You know, something keeps playing it out. And uh, an apparition a ghost, can be seen uh, and move things about. But uh, really, it's not something that would normally threaten to drive people from their home. But right. the demonic right. home can even start out seeming like a human haunt. Um, and it generally centers around the child, not always but mm-hmm. generally, and the child will see uh, a figure and that figure comes to them at different times and the parents are around. and uh, there's always something different about that figure they see. It's a man or a woman, but when it looks at them it doesn't have eyes. the, the eyes are missing, and it it smiles. in in a nasty way. I mean, it starts out friendly. They may call it their friend. And then something happens to scare the child. The smile becomes evil. You know, it starts threatening them, saying bad things. And eventually the parents start to glimpse it. They start to see this thing. And uh, when it's a demonic haunt, uh, generally heavier objects are moved about like a bookcase or a, an armoire, a table, things that normally a human spirit wouldn't move. Something propels the an invisible force propels heavier objects. Also there would be foul odors associated with it, like the odor, the scent of death or right. you know, something very unpleasant and ominous. And uh, scratches, abrasions on people's skin uh, mm-hmm. appear. They're inflicted. Uh, so those are signs that it might be a demonic haunt. And uh, there's, there's always a threatening element, as I mentioned. You know, they, They'll hear a voice, and, you know, tell now, them to get out was, and die or something.
1: Yeah, I was curious about, uh, say if somebody was uh, not so nice in life would be the easiest yeah. way to like put, a, put it. A mean, if cranky be, person. Right, anymore. yeah, if they were a mean, cranky, dumb butt. And <laughs> I try to be nice, idea. So if they had all these things going on in life, they take that with them when they pass. Is it is it possible maybe sometimes uh some things that people are considered maybe demonic is maybe leftover remnant remnants of an individual's energy because that's where they passed. So that's also there is
4: this theory that the basic elements of human nature can uh, take on a life of their own and uh, supersede the person's death. And maybe some of those baser elements attract lower elements, lower elementals, like, let's say, minions, you know, lower order spirits, of, inhuman mm-hmm. spirits. And yes, like like attracts like. And yeah, right sometimes yeah it can either call in demonic entities or maybe even devolve into a demonic entity surrounding oneself with negativity can carry on over the death and and maybe the it's not the whole of the person's spirit but it the anger the envy the the hate kind of remains it makes an impression in the ether the atmosphere around and that that can go on and it, it opens up something of a portal to the demonic realm. And demons right. can usher in through that. So there's a connection there. That's a theory. Anyway, in right. Sense.
1: Uh, it's so funny, though, I just had to mention this, that way prior to the book, act, the book actually being completed, how excited we were at the time even talking about this book. I mean, six months ago even. And I was like, it's finally here. The handbook yes. of demonology. And it's like how epic because we, we've recommended your show throughout the, the globe. I mean, thousands of times now, The, the, the demonology. definitely before yeah. it actually came out. Yeah. Because what people need to know is before they decide to get into this, mm-hmm. there's, there's one thing in particular that they need to know is the study of demonology dangerous to the individual studying it.
4: Oh, quite definitely. It can be, it has potential to be dangerous. Um, uh, it depends all, of course, on how it's approached. And while we're not dealing with the same you know, disciplines, police work can be dangerous. You know, exactly. It depends on the time approaches it. Hopefully in training, people decide if they're going to you know, pursue uh, law enforcement. The same with demonology. If people learn more about it, they'll know if it's for them or not. But if somebody's mm-hmm. hoping it's going to be dramatic, like demonology is going to be uh, contained, opening up the world to thrills, then it's uh, that would be a bad approach to, to that discipline because right. it's not so really thrilling or exciting. It has its moments, of course, but right. you know, as with as with any paranormal investigation, a lot of that is reviewing evidence and waiting for something. where you've got to the voice imprinted on an audio recording or something showed up in your filming your your right. pictures and it's uh a lot of it's just tedium. And uh right. you have to deal with people who occasionally um, who have problems that they want resolved and you may be able to help but not you know essentially resolve their problems. So it's not a glamorous field to get into. <laughs>
1: And and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. You're not fighting demons all the time just because you happen to be a demonologist. I mean, you go into houses and you you yourself have to make the determination also with your, your own criteria, which happens to be in the demonology handbook, everybody, the proper criteria into deciding and determining whether it is something that's worth an exorcism or not. All of his book, guys. So you have to buy it. Yeah. Yes, you will have to. I'm um, gonna get the link to that right yeah. now. And this is, really, is like, Michelle is extremely connected to this because mm-hmm. she uh, currently is in the process of studying uh, the facts of cleaning the houses because mm-hmm. um, this is where it's actually going to bring up some issues with religion. Now, I am not Catholic or Christian in mm-hmm. and, and any way. I'm Native American. That's just part of who I am, and you know a little bit of Kelp. But when we do I house cleansing, indeed. Michelle takes charge because I find, at least in my case, and I wanted to know your opinion, that the uh, demons or negative energies or any type of negativity that actually needs the house, they actually respond more to religious provocation, especially in a clearing. Mm-hmm. Do you, Do you know why that is, or what would your opinion on that be?
2: Well, am I doing
4: something
1: like uh, okay.
2: <laughs> because we have, to, oh yes.
4: <laughs> because when somebody uh, provokes, with, you know, religious provocation, that doesn't mean they're swearing at the the spirit or the the demon or even commanding it to leave at that stage. Right. If they start to right. use, use the enforcement of prayer, then the, they do so in a very with a very forthright attitude, and that's intimidating to a demon because right away they feel that they could be banished and they want to keep their hold. On a person or a mm-hmm. place. So, mm-hmm. um, and there is something that uh, is, is unknown about religious provocation, why it works, why it succeeds. Because these, while mm-hmm. well, these are powerful names and concepts that one is invoking when they're prayer, they're not relying on their own inward strength. You know, hopefully they do have any right. strength, you know, when they are going into a haunted setting, especially demonic haunt But, um, they're relying on a higher power, not their own. So they're, if somebody has a, a certain confidence in that. And right. uh, I mean, the names are strong. I mean, the names are powerful. I mean, yeah.
0: When you invoke the, you
4: know, the holy name of Jesus, then that that has a resonance to it, to be sure. Also, sometimes there are Latin prayers. And yeah. uh, uh, Latin is an, it's a dead language, meaning it's not, you know commonly spoken it uh mm-hmm. it's an ancient language you know or, and uh by ancient i mean certainly thousands of years old now, and uh it's a little different in its present form, but you know Latin is recognized by the demon as an ancient language and mm-hmm. that uh, and demons have been around for a long time, we don't know how long, but uh you know from creation you know,
3: that's up that's from that's the fall from
4: heaven fall from heaven. So, they uh, they were scared of Latin. It, it, it upsets them. Uh, so, or it I, or
1: I'd have a Portuguese accent to go along with it. <laughs> they oh, well, have right there you, know?
4: there, you know?
1: I always speak English, so I don't have a prayer there. And they'd be like, oh, did she say bring the sheriff or so we'll get the heck out of here? You know? <laughs> I don't know.
4: <laughs> yeah. You, Michelle Medeiro's name. <laughs> yeah.
3: Right, right. But, yeah.
4: I haven't been cussed I, out by a woman in Portuguese yet, so uh, I can imagine it's kind of intimidating, you know. <laughs> but
1: it's very loud. Yes, you know. yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it would be. be older, pop, so she doesn't spell it. Cut her to her thing. Yeah, yeah. What a friend for. Right. <laughs> I you mean, you right. I mean, get her alive. There's no arguing with a Portuguese woman. Or Irish. Oh, absolutely. No, we have- or Indian. Whole well,
4: one thing is, you're not likely to get a word in, for one thing, you know.
1: But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Kind of like a show yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's just that I came apart um, one section of the book, and I, I was just so fascinated with it, I forgot to take notes. Oh, I reading, said, call the book very- with
2: me if you want anything for reference.
1: Yeah, you were talking about Netherlands. And as far
2: yeah. as the Book of Enos,
1: and I wanted yeah. to touch base a little bit as far as Nephilim, because we're going back into many different theories mm-hmm. as far as whether or not um, the skeletons that they found that are larger are actually alien or something from an ancient race, mm-hmm. and or was the Nephilim actually part angel or
2: part demon? Yeah, part demon. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a very
1: fascinating topic to me. And, yeah, it is fascinating,
2: I mean? and this, ties, this is that's where
4: archaeology and paleontology meld with demonology, and it, it does tie into demonology in a very real way. I wish yes, Lana brought the call in to you co
1: because
4: yeah. Lana has I'm been sorry. reading the books of Enoch, the three sections of the book of Enoch, but uh, mm-hmm. it is thought that uh, a celestial race, if you will, um, these angels, uh, that's one right. way they're interpreted. And Nephilim means fallen, fallen ones. And Nephilim is plural, from the Nephil, and that means to fall or fallen. And it is thought right. that angels found the, and this is supported biblically, but in a murky, kind of vague sense, that angels found the daughters of men fair and Mated with them, took them unto themselves, and the myth or legend is that that this produced a race of giants, and these are the mighty men, the men of renown, whom many tales right. are told. You know, and uh, the Titans. So, what do we mean right. by mighty men? These are giants, and it says in biblically, in, they were giants in the earth in those days. Um, mm-hmm. Now, tying into uh, beyond faith and biblical scripture. uh, the graves of an ancient race, because there were enough of them, of giants have been uncovered, excavated. And when I say giants, I mean they're uh, they're titanic proportions. They're eight feet, and nine feet tall. Now there just shouldn't have been people that tall, except for you know, like gigantism. You know, and a rare
3: example of
4: that in <laughs> there.
1: It's so upsetting. I, I'm, I'm yeah. barely five two days.
3: Yes, but these, oh, these are the
1: combination. Yeah. I mean, when they pulled up the skeletals and this this is the part is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, did they pull up what did it look like human remains or was mm-hmm. it something extra, you know, extraterrestrial or did it look more angelic? And and that's the part that I, I just like I gotta find out. Well,
4: they're just uh, giant size human skeletons, but To my knowledge, a reconstruction of their facial features, of their physiognomies, has not been done. I would like to see that because they seem to have massive jaws and extra teeth. And they're just, you know, like imposing looking figures, even skeletons. Um, And they are found Mm -hmm. to have, some of them still have hair on them. Some of them are partially mummified. They have long, That is awesome. Reddish hair, they have red hair. Now, I don't know if that was part of the preservation process, that their hair became red, but they're red-haired giants. If you do a Google search, you know, you can find uh, numerous uh, sites on the Internet that uh, talk about the red-haired giant. I mean, it will lead you to some sites containing information about the red-haired giants. They've been excavated, Mm -hmm. and they've been found in many diverse parts of the Earth. You know, so there's something going on. I mean, you can't, can be disputed, but really it's futile to do so because there is solid evidence, empirical evidence that there were giants in the earth in those days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see too many people of eight feet tall. You know, I mean, no. I've never seen any. I've seen people that are over seven feet tall, but that's just, just to imagine somebody a foot taller than that, you know, but I've a tribe of these people... It, you know. so
1: big ...is wrestlers, like, really big, like, yeah. back in the day... But was, didn't they compare like it like to, like, a cyclops because they were mainly focused with with one eye? That's how they they seen things? Or am I mixing up two different readings? <laughs> yeah, that's a cyclop. That's a Greek cyclops. No, I wasn't sure if I read that in your book or something else, But I, like I said you know, it, so. sure.
4: yeah, Homer's the... Odyssey the, the saga of Odysseus, yes, Grecian, oh, ancient right. Grecian. That's the chronicles yeah. that document uh, or you know, tell the story of Odysseus's travels and being lost, thrown off course in of the ship, and uh, they came to an island where there were there were three Cyclops three Cyclopean brothers, and right, they were the okay. sons of Neptune. And Yeah, I relegate that to, to pure myth. You know, I don't like to say that something is outright impossible, but I don't. Oh, I think yeah, I'm, it's
1: confused. Like I'm reading something. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I do readings but I take thing, notes sorry. and then my brain just can't process. You should see when, when Carl and I start talking Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Forget it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that. You know. see we love Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. It's great. Um, but I mean, the new book, can you tell me, Carl, what you think is one of the most, like, the, maybe the newest piece of information that's getting out of there in the book, as far as the, the, the demonology handbook aspect of it. What's something that's getting out there in the book that maybe it's a very well, like, little-known fact for everyone?
4: Well, it tells about, and both Lana and I delved into this, we espoused we, we the merits and the detractions of skepticism. Like to a lot of paranormal investigators and enthusiasts, skeptic is a bad word. But, you know, healthy dose right. of objectivity is, I think, essential to paranormal research. You yeah. can't just take everything at face value. But uh, mm-hmm. some people are like mm-hmm. compulsive skeptics. Like, you know, they want to take that stance. They want to be known as disbelievers. You know, you kind of a discipline to balance both the subjectivity and objectivity. And, um, so that's that's uh talked about in the book. Um, there I have a chapter that I wrote, you know, Lana wrote much of it. By the way, uh, my original intent with this book I was writing this I thought it'd be a nice gesture to have Lana, my co author, um, my girlfriend.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know if
4: she's listening in now, she, hopefully she will at some point. It's, it's, but it was my intention, I thought it would be a nice gesture to have her maybe write an introduction. The introduction is actually authored by my friend and colleague, Tom D'Agostino. But I was going to have write, <laughs> Lana write the intro, and yeah, maybe she'll write an article for it, you know, maybe you know, contribute to a chapter. <laughs> Lana is such a prolific writer, and Lana is an accredited theologian and a demonologist right. now. Lana wrote about half the book. I wrote, Well, I've a little more of it is my
1: writing, because I'm
2: such a gaber.
1: Well, and, I think it uh, fair was fair. All of my questions yeah. are based on chapters you wrote. So then I thought maybe we could call her and question her on the chapters she wrote. Hi. See? double the publicity. Well, then we'll Hi. talk
4: just about we'll talk just about me and my writings in this interview.
1: How about oh. that?
3: Oh, but, well, our, our no, I can
1: answer some. Of yeah. Yeah. Carl, no. Cody Ray has a question for you in our chat room. Oh, okay.
2: Hey. I'll, I'll up to that. Sure.
1: Yes. He, he wants to know, Carl, how you feel about the sudden uprise of people calling themselves demonologists. He's
2: really well, curious about your. Are you there? Yes. yes. We might have gotten... Oh,
4: yeah. I thought we might have, we might have had a little glitch with the phone disconnected. if that happens, of course, I'll call you right back. But um, yes. Yeah, there does
2: seem to be. I, I'm.
4: I'm actually surprised that so many people are refer- you know, referring to themselves as demonologists now. It seems to be on the upswing. Uh, there's a certain people perceive a certain glamour to it and uh, they may feel that paranormal investigation just being a paranormal investigator is passé and it's there's it's more dramatic to be a demonologist, you know. You might find some more fascinating and dangerous situations. Uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah and some people are am not saying that everybody's a rube who gets into demonology or starts to yeah some people do approach it quite sincerely um
0: truly but yeah
4: yeah, Yeah. i think that's because there's more literature on it also it's uh portrayed more in motion pictures in popular media yeah so that's why you know And people tend to sit up and take notice when you say demonologist. That's fine. As long as it's not me doing it, I'd like to see what you guys do. <laughs> You're a demonologist, you know. I'm not going in there, but show me what you got. No.
1: Little do they yeah. know, though, you and Keith, technically, if you climbed back the family tree of all these horror movies, all tend to lead back to you and Keith with The Conjuring. Oh, with the, the whole yeah. It's true, and it's a very little-known fact. It yeah. all began with you and your brother, Carl. I mean, now, you and your brother, Keith. The, from the beginning, I mean, you already had a relationship already going with the Warrens. prior right? to all these epic...
3: We did, yeah. yeah.
1: you know? So there's so much more out there that people don't realize. them. I mean, you were a demonologist before anybody even knew what a demonologist was. Speaking I will concur with that,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you concur yeah. Speaking <laughs> of that, for yeah. the people out there... That, that don't exactly know what a demonologist is or does. Can you give a short description or a definition to it? The more
4: menacing menacing situations that have paranormal leanings that are are brought our way. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. if it has uh, an inhuman uh, aura to it, you know, if, if things seem really unsettled then it's a dangerous haunt that It's considered demonic And uh, and again, it's kind of tricky to define Where it becomes an actual demonic haunt And that's what we're called When it's something heavy, something dangerous Something uh, Something inhuman again i say Then a demonologist is consulted And the demonologist has studied the lore And case histories Of demon attacks, demon infestations Yeah And by the way, uh, we met Ed and Lorraine Warren in April of 1972. So it goes back away. No, May. Keith would correct me. He's the, you know, the scholar. <laughs> uh, may May 1972, and we We're saw them the at a lecture at Rhode Island College. Yes. Correcting on
1: Wouldn't something. He's say. saying something about 1973 also being the time, the first time that you visited the parents. 1973.
4: Yeah, no, that was the first time I visited Cody Ray, desbians back in 1970. <laughs> no, Cody was No, there. I'm, I'm,
3: I'm also, kidding, of course. That could not be. <laughs> That's
1: it, that you guys first, that you first visited Paris. But I bet if we asked you what yeah. was the first date that you remember meeting Cody Ray, I bet you know it is, too.
4: When I met Cody Ray, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. I don't remember the exact date, but it was in uh, spring, and it was the the first Ocean State Paracon, so that brings us back to, uh, ah, I ooh. guess, 2010, and wow. um, well, might or oh, was it 2009? I think 2000. Let me see, 2009, maybe 2010, and that's when they used to hold the event at Saint Anne's Church and Arts Center in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, and they had the first two Ocean State Paracon events uh, organized by Ken DeCosta. And always Cody Ray has been a presence there, you know, helping to organize, making it happen, actually. And uh, that was uh, back in 2010. The first two there.
1: And uh, I, I love the fact that, um, you know, just we had that great time when we went to the Slater Mill. And yeah, we did. Such a oh, time yes. Game. Slater
4: Mill is there for us. You got to come back.
1: I'm more in the, I'm more in the background type people. It's the empath in me. I. I kind of have to readjust with new energy from time to time. So, I let her take the lead. She likes that. So, I'm no I'm used to doing the the filming anyway. So,
4: <laughs> yes, somebody's got to well, that's very important because you're documenting. So, we're not just going on memory and you know.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes. Not all this poor technical yeah. stuff that I have to ask her, "How do you turn this on?" for everything. <laughs> She's like, "You just flip yeah. the switch." Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hey,
4: I'll tell you something. Um, going back 45, um, 45 years now to 1973, uh, conditions were different and 72. Conditions were different wow. then. Uh, nobody but nobody was saying, I mean, you'd find the word paranormal in literature, but you right. people just weren't saying paranormal. It was parapsychology back then. I'm a parapsychologist, you know. We are a yeah, parapsychological okay. group. You know, people just weren't saying paranormal, except you know, it's more than an adverb. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, also, when I met the Warrens in the first year I knew the Warrens, they were not demonologists. Well, Lorraine was the clairvoyant. Ed was the lay demonologist, the only lay demonologist who was embraced by the the Catholic Church. But right. um, yeah, yeah. But in 1970. And into 1973, and all their career before then, which goes back to the early 1950s, uh, Ed and Lorraine billed themselves as the ghost hunters. The, well, they didn't say ghost hunters, the ghost hunting couple. Mm-hmm. That's what they were. They were a ghost hunting couple, and they were parapsychologists, okay, parapsychology investigators. That's what their mm-hmm. poster said, that's what their cards said, uh, that's how they were introduced. They Ed Warren and I remember this cuz I was around Ed Warren became a demonologist in December 1973 concurrent wow. with the release of the movie The Exorcist and then from then on Ed Warren was the demonologist the title of one of the. I done, believe that first book,
1: The Demonologist. All of these horror movies that everyone in the universe are fans of all come back Well, to yeah, are, because the television and what's great. going on actually affects how people actually perceive it, whether it's real life yeah. TV or horror movies like Dracula. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, and all those, uh, one of the, um, Ben Helsing, that's the movie that oh, you mentioned. Yes and your book was Van Helsing, which I happen to love that movie, and all the little gargoyles are flying out because that's supposedly the spawn of his life right. but I mean, you know? yeah. in your opinion Carl, and I think you, you, was, you were talking about this in your book about how people automatically portray demons as being these really, they think of demons as being this really grotesque figure and this ugly thing with horns and you know it, giant claws and all that and uh, very people don't realize the actual demons can actually take the form of your most innocent person that you either could possibly know, a child, exactly. an animal, at least
4: initially uh, they can. Yeah, person. they don't they don't stay innocent looking very long, but they can introduce yeah. themselves like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they
3: like, don't really. They can't seem to
4: complete. hide their their evil aspect for long. They morph into something more hideous uh, with time, and usually early on. When they are detected, but uh, and I think that's something in our minds that makes them look like that, or you know, perceives them like that, because right. something in our in our even our subconscious and in our spirits warns us about these things, wants us to, be, to stay away. And maybe what they how they really appear, it's not how they originally looked. You know, they mm-hmm. were if angels even had bodies, so to speak, they were angels of light originally.
2: But there are different mm-hmm. theories. Some people say they are the
4: spirits. Maybe one echelon of the demonic realm. Maybe they were. They are the spirits of Nephilim. Yeah, you know, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in theory. Oh, and I also wanted to say I didn't. I don't mean to denigrate people that are pursuing demonology as an interest and a discipline. That's a. It's a very uh, worthwhile pursuit, I think. And uh, people are quite sincere about that. Uh, you know. Maybe too many people are getting into it jumping on to this, but uh, as long as they do so cautiously and with preparation and with learning, you know, and <laughs> that's, that's nice. why the Shadow Demonology Body Handbook, there, yeah, it's not the definitive <laughs> work on demonology, you know, there were demonologists before Ed Warren, you know, like they were clerical demonologists, but
3: um, yeah. they weren't
4: usually built as such.
3: Well, demonologists, well, make are somebody
4: who makes a study. Of demonic lore, and traditions, and case wow. histories.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys, this is this is only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we we you guys have to go back and listen to our very first episode with Carl and find out all oh, the the beginning of the nitty gritty and us <laughs> literally getting the the beginning pretty much of the putting together of this book.
0: Exactly.
1: Because, um, we have been waiting so anxiously for this book to come out, and we've been recommending a yeah, it to everyone. it's all been wait a minute. Almost a September thirteenth will be a year that exactly. we've been radio. Wow! Exactly. Oh wow. yeah!
2: So don't wow. forget to, to
1: Shadow Realms Demonology yeah. Handbook. Go to Amazon.com. Remember, it's Shadow Realms Demonology Handbook. Go to Amazon. Pick up your copy. Is it available in any local bookstores?
4: It is. It is also available at and through Barnes and Noble bookseller store. If you don't find it on the shelf, they can order it, and it probably expedite the process. You know, if you if you mm-hmm. actually go to a store and order it, then. But you know, of course, you can get it through Amazon.com, and uh, mm-hmm. it's available for those two primary sources. If it's in any other bookstores, I'm not aware of it. it and everybody gets
1: finally here. <laughs> the handbook is here. you were talking about this on our first show, I'm telling you, I yeah. I, was, I was, I've been so excited with this coming out because even a lot of the newer demonologists and even back in the day when things started out, the Carl knows this, it was an unknown thing. People were frustrated; they really didn't know how to go about this. Now you're going to fast forward from the like epicenter of demonology, right? Fast forward to now, and here it is, guys though. Here it is, in black and white, the shadow demonology handbook. You cannot go wrong. The, the, oh, fight it, the way they handle it, take a step by step, learn from Carl and Keith. It's there.
2: Carl and Lana. And
1: yeah, oh, Keith mean,
2: receives frequent
1: frequent
4: mention in the book.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean it's it, it was a group effort and I and I appreciate that. It's finally here. I'm so excited. Oh yeah Keith keep his important. Oh of course. And you guys started out doing this together when you you know, you you were the trial and errors. You know, you were Yes, well I didn't make a lot
4: of errors, errors, you know, along the way. Uh, and again it's not the definitive work on I don't consider it a scholarly work on demonology, but it has value Mm -hmm. in that it presents my own perspective, Lana's perspective, you know, what uh, what we have run into what we have experienced, you know, uh, testimonies we've received from others. So it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, down in the trenches, this is what we found. This is our
1: experience.
4: You know, like maybe you'll benefit from some of this.
1: Right. It's also the honesty and the purity of the book that I actually, I like. Too. I'm so You curious. literally pull no punches. You lay everything on the line. Yes. This is yes. who I was. Sure. This is how I got there. This is where I am now. And that's what I like about that.
3: Yes. Because yes. in
1: life, everybody has a path. It's not your path. It's who you are today right. that actually makes right. you such a bad And and, it's it's almost
4: self-deprecating because I do present it honestly, and I'd say some of my foibles of the past. I mean, it's not a book about me, but it's about a a book by me and and Lana.
2: So I I, uh,
4: am very revealing in it.
1: Yeah, because your life has been in the paranormal field, and it basically takes you through where you're going, and then, then all the rest of the information, which we're not going to tell everybody else. No. You've got to buy the book. But I we're don't... actually getting ready yeah, for it's the, only... hour of the hour. We're getting very close to taking a commercial break, you know. Already? A pause for the cause to pay the sponsors. But I literally still have about 15 questions here. So.
2: Oh, and oh good. Yeah, things. I know i to keep my answers concise. You can't know, even
1: put... bases on anything yet. This, this is all oh, Carl yeah. all the time. <laughs> well,
3: Thank all you. Time. All time. So
1: if you want to stick with us, we're going to take about a five-minute break. Um, I have a couple of uh, sponsor ads that I do have to play. So uh, stay right with us, Carl. We will be right back. And let's see. We will see you in a couple. Stay right here. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere.
0: Don't. We'll be right back with more of Awakening the Unknown after a quick message from our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by Crystal Expectations. Crystal Expectations is located at 854 Brock Ave in New Bedford, Massachusetts. They're also located on the web at crystalexpectations.org. Crystal Expectations has been in the business for 30 years. The owner, CJ Gomes, is an expert on crystals. Feng Shui, and a practitioner for 40 years. Their reader, Dr. Gary Gomes, is a well-known Vedic astrologer and Swami. Both are Reiki masters, and all kinds of predictive services are offered, such as love, career, and health. And low-cost remedies are provided. They have jewelry and statues of deities from all religions, incense, candles, books, and other items reasonably priced. So visit Crystal Expectations, located at 854 Brock Ave in New Bedford, Massachusetts, or on the web at crystalexpectations.org.
1: got to redo this and tag yourself at the end i'm telling you gotta give yourself some credit and some plugs there wonderful voiceovers done by cody cody ray Absolutely. definitely Absolutely. yes i never pronounce his last name right i always Despians. say i always say device so despian so cody ray despian look I think he's, it's clenched. yeah these well laviolette is too but at least i can i do <laughs> need glasses over here. <laughs> so that and my little blanket I have on my lap tonight. Uh, so hey, I'm still here. That's, That's all I have. i My boys might no. leave towards the end of the show, but no worries. Mm. We're gonna make it through this show. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Um Cody Ray, definitely redo this and, and give yourself a plug. You've got to plug yourself on you're because you're down. definitely worth it helping us out and you're such a sweet app, but before we go back to Kyle, a small announcement. We have so much going on right now.
3: Yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> so, we wanted to say the APU Girls Network, the page has been renamed. Yes. Now, APU Network, we are going into production yes. with Comcast Cable. Yes, we because are. Because they've requested actually more shows from us. So, we decided to get a new team together. Mm-hmm. Now, Michelle is def- definitely the seasoned investigator, and that's her strong suit. Now, I have always been the lead psychic investigator and the videographer. That's so her, long, her strong suit. So that's where we decided to go. Michelle is going to take care of getting the team where they need to go. I'll take care of the video, mm-hmm. and I will be working with butt. I actually have camera people helping me. You ha- I have got I- you a production <laughs> team ready to rock and roll. So instead of, eight eight of you girls. Of girls, because I think our junior investigator, who's the guy? We, we have a junior investigator on our team. Yep, he's been <gasps> investigating since he was, what, 10 now? Oh, goodness. But he's my son, and he yep. kind of grew up with this yep. stuff. so. And he's going to help yes. me be an example to next year's class of boys at Trinity. He's actually taking a class at Cable Access. Yes. he has to and learn as much as he can. So we wanted to let you know that. And then uh, future down the line, we're going to have another announcement. So definitely yes. stay tuned to Awakening the Unknown and ACU Girls, yes. because you ah. just never know. What we're up to?
3: Never.
1: We're always up to something. Tony yep. Ray is actually going to be featured in one of our shows coming up very mm-hmm. soon. Gotta have to Vickers check out. And the girls and the crew Jeff Vickers, yeah. Now that we've got recording. everything set up, yep. As soon as it starts to cool down, we gotta yep. get them down. Do some filming with them as well. Yeah. Um, but we just want to go out a couple times with with our crew, get yep. them used to the, the routine and and things, but. What a great group. What a great group. Oh, I'm so excited. Every single one of the new production team members has been doing fantastic. They're excited. They're learning. They're, lear- they're really, really getting into all the gist of that, right? All of the stuff. But yes. They have yet to learn the actual paranormal investigative stuff, the way to use that equipment to do what we do. Well, that's, that's not all of the extra equipment that exactly, I have. Exactly. All right, up. Let's, let's go back with Carl <laughs> because, you know, his book, don't forget, Shadow Realm. Oh, FYI, my investigators, our production team, will be learning about the demonology from the Shadow Realm's demonology handbook, by the way it's it's their Bible they have to it's, read. It it's part it. of their Bible. So we're gonna get Carl back on the air with us right now. Now that I have my I have my uh little drink going on here, maybe my voice will clear up a little more. <laughs> How you doing there, Carl? Oh. That's why I'm all business today, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, she's well cowgirl. Oh, <laughs> she's in a yeah. hat. <laughs> I'm all Well,
4: all don't, don't worry about your voice, Michelle. You have a smoky voice, you know.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, not much. me. I got that, that rough and tumble voice. So I think it's a cowgirl hat <laughs> kind of fit. So.
4: Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Susan has Susan, <laughs> has Susan. has kind of that Kim Carnes voice, you know. Oh, I
1: don't know who that is. You know who Kim Carnes is? Oh, I don't watch you know. TV. I'm, I make it, I'm writing that down for you to Google after the okay, show. I, I, okay, I don't <laughs> <you> Remember, <laughs> I've been
4: recalling. I've been recalling items from 1973, so I would be familiar with, you know, these uh, vintage vintage singers. Oh, by the way, Cody Ray's last name is pronounced Day Beyond. The the, the S's are silent, and it's it's Day Beyond. You're going to have to put that accent to it.
1: I'm European, my friend.
4: Oh, I'm just... I'm just saying <laughs> that, you know, it's it's Cody Ray <laughs> Desbiens, yeah,
1: I,
3: I
4: I kind of really think it's play nice play. if he was in if he was in <laughs> Brussels, <laughs> it would be Debion. Oh,
1: Oh yeah. Well, I have a love you let in my
4: background. <laughs> I like that. French. Oh yes. Yeah. French toast is good. Yeah, that qualifies um, you. Do you
1: like French the toast, you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like do I did in my French toast.
4: Is that a euphemism or what? What do you mean by that? I don't
3: know what it is. Going I mean, you say that at a
4: bar, you know, you like French toast. I'm into French toast. I don't know. Right?
3: I am digging French toast?
1: A lot? Now, that's one funny pick up line. <laughs> yeah, do you like
4: French toast. Why, am I going to be shot for saying no? No, no, no. Yeah. no. Do
1: you like the, the French toast? Do you so, like the French
4: toast?
1: Do
4: you like the French toast? My <laughs> name is Debion and I like the French toast.
1: <laughs> God, we love you. We're just having fun. I swear to God, we love you. You are amazing. I can't wait to a investigate with you and your girlfriend, but you are an amazing individual. We have so, so much upcoming, Carl, and we are going to kidnap you at some point, by the way. You and Lana, soon we find out, she's in Rhode Island. We don't want I Wait, I have a better idea. What? We can bring them What's down. What's your better idea? And oh, a oh, much better A much better idea. You and Lana can come down into the studio and we can do a live taping review of your book. <gasps> get it out on the cable channels for you. Right? Because we are on every Friday at On Contact, yeah, Infinity, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Twitch, Tweet. Tune in. Tune in. <laughs> And etc. And etc. And etc. <laughs> all right, let's get back into this now. He's, Cody's all practice. Oh, that's yeah. it. He's dying. He's,
4: he's cracking up. <laughs> yeah. you know? You've got him there. We,
1: we, we take we, we do take what we do very seriously, but in life, you've got to laugh. Mm-hmm. Life is too short to be serious all the time. And you know what the best part of this that what you're saying is, yes. is that what we do we think it should be a Negativity all the time. Oh, no. No, it's the opposite. Do you can find the music all in the time. The more positive you are, doing what we're doing, the better. The exactly. more confident, the more, more actually, more. Uh, I don't want to say threatening, but more threatening to <laughs> appear to, you know, the demons because you're you're positive, you're confident, you're trusting yourself. They don't want to see things like that. They want to see low self-esteem. They want to see that you haggard, depressed. That brings depressed. up a point in the book. What mm-hmm. makes individual people, certain people, target more susceptible to that? Yes. What makes them target more susceptible to demonic activity? And not my cooking, by the way. No, she's a good Thanks. cook. I'm the baker. <laughs> sure. But that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> Just add my two cents in there. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Did we lose you?
1: You so still with us, time- No, no,
4: I'm here. Yes, now I'm here. Did was that an actual question? What makes people what type of person yeah. or personality would be more prone yeah. to demonic assault? Uh generally yeah. somebody who well, it would start with an introspective person, like a more withdrawn type of personality. Uh I think that's actually a good trait to, you know, be capable of examining oneself, introspection. But if somebody gets more withdrawn and antisocial, if they're going through a depression, that person would be more uh more prone toward it, toward uh You know, otherworldly, inhuman, demonic assault. Now, there should be a law against it. If somebody suffers from bipolarism or, you know, um, a psychological malady, there should be some rule against that person being assaulted by demons. But apparently, there isn't. Children can be, but they generally will grow out of it, you know, and they build up their uh, defenses. And people Mm -hmm. who are going through a trauma or depression tend to be more prone to this. Usually their issue is resolved with time and the change of circumstance. But and if somebody has been experimenting with occult practices, that doesn't mean just because somebody uses a Ouija board they're going to necessarily become possessed. But if somebody's doing that when they're in a state of agitation or depression. That's ill-advised because they're opening up themselves further to assault. And mm-hmm. a, another criteria for that is somebody if they believe they can be. Possessed or oppressed by a demonic entity They're more vulnerable A lot of persons don't believe that that can happen And strangely they're more I don't know if I want to say immune But they're more protected against it But somebody who has a belief And embraces the possibility of demonic oppression Or demonic assault, let's say uh, And is going through some kind of trauma Or unresolved conflicts in their lives They are more prone to it because they've established yeah. a belief that this can happen they're susceptible and uh, the mind actually plays a trick on them where you know sometimes the thought of a demonic entity it, it's called it's a form of projection that that person mm-hmm. actually imposes the demonic personage onto their issues their unresolved conflicts again and sometimes it's it's easier to blame the demon than it is to the, their own issues in life but that can result in genuine oppression and sometimes possession. So people are going through a trauma. People are, you know, there's something unanswered in their lives, some loneliness, some profound loss. Um, they, they're, and if they've been talking to spirits, like some people will talk to themselves, I find that quite comforting. Um, I
1: talk to myself <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I oh yeah. In them. fact, if, if I. got in my head. I talked to me. Yeah, myself. I had
4: one. One radio Skype interview where I didn't know the phone had disconnected for ten minutes, and I was having a great time talking to myself. I answered I answered a question very thoroughly, but nobody heard it except me. But, you know, and then I know what it's like to be a spirit. You know, I felt like I was Patrick I was Patrick Swayze in Ghost for a you, know, you know, for that ten minutes. You no,
3: know, yeah, I
4: was a whisperer. Yeah. And then it's like oh, hello, no, hello. hello. Oh,
5: and,
3: and then my, you
4: know, I'm talking and my phone rings and I like how come my phone's ringing? You know, I was like, I can't take a call now. I'm in, I'm on the radio. Hey Carl, we lost you, man, for a while. You know, but that does happen. Yeah. Oh,
3: I would totally do that. That's hilarious. Okay, I'm dying. You know? <laughs> All right.
4: Yeah. Oh, by the way, I I approach my book with some, you know, I wrote the book with. Uh, I try to interject some measure of levity into it i try to make some of it fun or funny you know demonology is not a subject that's a lot of fun it's not a fun avocation uh but i do throw some humor in because i have to because otherwise it would be too heavy a subject and i don't think people would find it interesting if it was didn't have some like human element to it like some kind of you know fun Mm -hmm. every once in a while. Mm
1: Do you put a little disclaimer at the end of the book? Like uh, we talked about a year ago about making sure that do not investigate or, um, you know, take this book out on actual investigation without a clean pair of underwear just in case that <laughs> happens.
4: Well, little <laughs> provisos like that are, are strewn throughout the book, you know, not just towards the end. I do have a summation at the end, but uh, you know, there are cautionings all through it. My uh, actual, uh, the best intent for this book is that people will bring it onto, you know, paranormal investigation sites and have it in as part of their repertoire. So, uh, you know, they they've got it packed in their briefcase or their satchel or you know they've got it someplace, and maybe they can pull that out and thumb through it and find something of value, of use. Because I'm going on my own, and Lana is going on her personal experiences, y'know, you soirees mm. into demonic haunts and uh, being present for these things, and what you right. might encounter, and <laughs> even more. Intimidating as you know, what you don't expect to encounter, because there's always the unexpected, it's a possibility, a probability, a demonology. So I'm hoping people will actually have that packed. You know, we'll read it, oh, yeah. some of it, yeah, some of it beforehand, been, but have uh, it with them.
1: We, we've been preaching that. I have a day. huge briefcase that we call our traveling <laughs> Bible. <laughs> Literally, Bible. it's our Bible because it's our Bible because I don't know if you can see, it's probably about a foot wide and that's where we yeah. carry everything of importance yeah. because you never know yeah. when you're going to need reference material. Absolutely, holy water and applause. Holy water. You you both everything you both honor and
4: humble me. Yes. Uh yeah, but you know, you, you might find something in there that's valuable like let's see what this guy has to say. What did he do when he ran into something like this, you know?
1: Exactly. And the and biggest that,
4: I think the biggest message in my, in our book is that, you know Expect the unexpected, you know, brace yourself. Don't get thrown off course because something happened you didn't count on. Because demons have ascensions to them. They're intelligent beings. Some of them vastly intelligent, sometimes uh, perceptive and smarter than the average human. And um, they think fast. They're not omniscient. They can't be two places at once. They can't bilocate. They can't outright read our minds. They can only influence right. us to a certain degree, but they they de- think fast and uh, faster mm-hmm. than we can usually. And uh, they have ands of experiences in some cases of experience. So you know you might be able to look into this book and like look at the table of contents, find the chapter that's relevant on approaching right. you know uh, demonic and paranormal investigation, and you'll find something in there that that can be useful. You you may oh, you know that, so that's I my.
1: From experience, I am an avid reader and I do a lot of reviews. So definitely look for my review on Amazon under Kyle. I'll, I'll try to take care of that it. for you guys before the end of the weekend because I do do a lot of book reviews. I'm yeah. a uh, I read lot so I'll everybody, be everybody does all that. My also, class, Yeah, go on. I'm listening to you. I said I will be teaching your your handbook to my class next year. So oh, get
4: a- bless your heart. That's what we- I thought you well, said, come and come I I do appreciate down. that.
1: Yes, yeah, so you Cody's know, Cody's gonna come down. Cody's gonna gonna come come down, down. And talk about uh, some of the paranormal mm-hmm. equipment too. These are all um, who we who we pick is we like to run the junior paranormal uh, groups with educators with yes with with teams that need a purpose. Mm-hmm. That need a little bit of assistance
3: mm-hmm. as
1: far as finding some way of going. You never know. You might find somebody that eventually becomes yeah. goes to college for history. You know, troublemaker right. in, in high school, and all of a sudden they want to be an you know, historian. or okay. They want to do a part of history, yeah. or somebody wants. To look with, and then that's that's what it is. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to talk to you. Maybe some of them are going to want yeah. to follow the path that, for Carl. Exactly. And throw you a bunch of baby demonologists, Carl. No, they wouldn't
3: be. <laughs> they well, be I want to help. If I can people. be of help. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do, well, the first thing you have to teach them to say is, I need an old priest and a young priest. Do you know what that's from? No. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
4: that's a good, that's well, an inviting scenario.
1: I think it's the only oh. horror movie not in my collection. One of my favorite lines from The Exorcist, <laughs> which is weird. I have a favorite line from The Exorcist. <laughs> but if you, you it, can,
4: yeah, What's that.
1: And the young tree. You know, you should see her tonight. She's dressed up like a mafia queen tonight. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'll so, show you. And she's got the, the the Italian fingers going on there yeah, you as she's so speaking. Into... So, <laughs> yeah. I don't ask. Yeah, so, yeah. what I really want to talk to you about <laughs> is. You had an interesting story in your book, and oh, there's a lot of, like, laughter and lightness, and sometimes it, it's not always the demonic activity. It could be just about anything, but there was one case in particular that you described as your most memorable demonic case. It was in
3: yes, the I remember that.
1: asking you questions, yeah. So I really do... Want to talk to you a little bit just about that one particular section in that one chapter. There's many others, but you got to buy the book. You got to buy the it. book, guys. Sorry. Well are lucky we've <laughs> given you this one. Oh, I really want to hear about this.
4: Well, when you say my most memorable case, the one I outline in the book was the uh, possession case in Providence, Rhode Island, <laughs> that happened back way back in 1980, and that was. Uh, possession of lucas is that the one to which you're referring
1: yes it is i want people to understand if they decide to pursue this there is a positive side but there's also a negative side and even when the negativity gets solved it's positive but i want people to understand what it is that they would really be getting into and that's why i chose that particular question
4: yes well that's kind of that. Singular case is the foundation of the book as far as my contributions to it, Um, because that's when I was thrown into a full-blown demonic situation. And uh, it was like minute to minute not knowing what to expect, because I'd never been through anything quite like that before. And um, it taught me that I can stand my ground Mm -hmm. in the face of the unexpected and the sometimes bizarre and frightening uh, I would have, of course, done some things differently. In, in retrospect, I would have documented more thoroughly. Um, I was basically satisfied with my performance there. You know, I, I did, I stuck my, you know, stood my ground, stuck with it, did everything I could to help. Um, but a lot of things were thrown at me and others who were there. Uh, I did not expect when I stayed overnight the first night at this residence and uh, I was invited to to observe and um so I must have had a reputation even then and um a favorable one I hope. And I was reclining on a couch or sofa and uh the room was adjacent to the, the boys' room. This is the subject was a fourteen year old boy of Hispanic descent. <laughs> And uh, he'd been going through some strange episodes I'd I'd heard of. And uh, around one in the morning, uh, I was awoken by a, a, what do you say, blood-curdling scream. It was horrendous. It was like this boy was being flayed alive. Uh, I went over and flipped on the wall switch, and uh, his bedroom door flung open on its own and just like, Something pushed his door open, and then his body came flying out of there, out of his bedroom, being thrown around the room. I mean, you just, I don't know. How do you describe a feeling like that? It's just amazement, and right. horror, and, and wonder. And uh, his body was being flung around like a top or a dreidel, as spinning and uh, careening against the walls. And then he leapt up He kind of did a backward somersault and leapt up onto the sofa where I'd been reclining and started to jump up and down. And like this demonic laughter came out of his really demonic laughter came out of his voice. His eyes were wild, his teeth showing, all his teeth. And uh, so I came to my senses as he leapt back off the couch. And uh, before he hit the floor, I grabbed onto him tried to restrain him but he uh, he bent my arms right back and um, I I didn't know what to do but I knew I had to take action just to let this boy know I felt I was in charge or to let the spirit that was invading him know I was taking you know a stance here and uh, also to instill confidence in the people who invited me to stay over you know Mm -hmm. but it was all like you know I've got to act and maybe then think about it and uh so i you know i wasn't too forceful i did my best to restrain him but he was stronger than i at that point and then he came to himself and if not if nothing else the way he cried was panicked calling for his uncle that showed there was no uh no histrionics going on this was genuine and so wow. an exorcism or rather expulsion was arranged a minor form of exorcism and that was also horrendous but a fascinating experience and when it began the floor shook something changed in the atmosphere and it got heavy and then it was so silent in that room um there were about a dozen of us present you know like 13 i think and uh then my chair with just me in it moved back across the room to the wall i don't know why it wow. singled me out we were in a semicircle, and my chair went back across the room. Uh, I didn't even have a chance to be frightened by it. It just happened so fast. Not the only time that's happened to me, but that's the first time it happened. And that mm-hmm. showed – somehow it's it's demonic. You know, I know it's demonic. If, if My chair with me, and it moves back across the room into the wall. And that's like, get out of the way. We don't want you here. And, um, well, I got doused with a bowl of holy water, you know. And, uh, oh, wow. yeah, it was, and something was going from one person to the other trying to attack. I really felt the demonic attack. It was palpable. Uh, I wasn't subject to it. I didn't give into it, but I felt this onrush of, of emotion, anger and frenzy come over me. And I was thinking if I was lesser in charge of my faculties, that, that might've led to a violent outburst for me, but I I did feel yeah. it. I know I did. And it was tingling, a very strong tingling feeling in the back of my skull. And that like pulled out of me. And uh, immediately it seemed to go into a a young lady in another room because she started to scream and pull at her hair. So it was a freaky night. Uh, What I'm describing lasted for about uh, between an hour and a half and two hours. But it seemed like it was the whole night seemed like an overnight but the boy was better because of it so i'm so glad i was able to assist in that and um, he only had one more episode after that he was still 14 years of age and uh his parents were driving by a roman catholic church or cathedral church and he started to scream you know, typically the catholic faith uh, faith um a supplicant as they go, or one of the faithful as they go by a church, they will cross themselves, you know, perform the sign of the cross right. and kiss their index finger. Uh, but this boy started to scream when they went by the church, and that was the last incident of which I'm aware. He was he was okay after that. I mean, I'm not in touch uh-huh. with him anymore, but I think I think essentially the the exorcism succeeded, and other than that, he grew out of it. He built oh, up his own all. psychological defenses. Uh, whatever it was that was invading him left him. And you always have the, the psychological as well as the paranormal aspects in, in any such situation. There has to be a vulnerability in the subject. And mm-hmm. uh, He was in a transitional stage being 13 and 14 years old. But by the time he turned yeah. 15, he was, he was away from that.
1: Wow. It's interesting that it was a boy because you most, most commonly hear about young girls going through this. They tend puberty
4: to time. generate more of what one investigator referred to, referred to as catepsy static. It's, it's an emotional and adrenaline outpouring of, of psychic energy. Um, yeah, and they usually enter into that. The female will enter into that phase prior to the male and, and more severely. But uh, mm-hmm. also, he's as I mentioned, he was of Hispanic origin, and uh, the uh, that culture generally has more of a belief in spirit communication, so that might have been an influence. Mm-hmm. But not everybody not of that. Hispanic origin goes through something like that when they're 14 years of age. You
1: know. Now, what but, was the original of the uh, possession? Is, do you remember what that was about, Carl? How the boy initially. Well, how got, it started. Have... Yeah.
4: How oh, he did well, some years before yes. he was strolling through he was walking through a cemetery in Providence in the west End of Providence, and he found a woman's glove in there, and he picked it up and brought it home with him. as far as I recall, that glove vanished, nobody knew what happened to it and uh but that seemed to start it because then the spirit of a man a a wicked man, a dark man, would visit him in his bedroom at night. that's what he reported. So that was probably the start of it, you know. And I think he had begun talking to this spirit at night when it would visit him. So that made the connection, and he was vulnerable. There's no rule against a demon invading somebody just because they're young and impressionable and vulnerable. So this, you know, was taking over. Now, he went through quite an ordeal, but that could have been so much worse. He didn't miss school from it. He didn't afford it. He didn't have to be hospitalized. You know, he didn't have enduring effects from it. He's, uh, you know, emotional scars apparently not. He was okay, fine. You know, there are much worse cases, like you know about the case of Annalise, the German oh, girl upon good. which the uh, the story, of the uh, yeah. possession of Emily Rose, is predicated. So that that's the extreme case,
1: yes, and that did not yes. end well. Sorry. That well, I'm not gonna remove that, but that is based on the Annalise story. So, the the Haunting of Emily Rose again, another horror movie, is actually based in truth somewhat too, so which is interesting. So, the uh, that's something that's uh, absolutely amazing. So, now in the read, was she around the same age as the boy was, or how old was she when that all began? She was her? a
4: little older, I believe she was. Um... Sixteen, oh, nearly seventeen, when the uh, assault started, and when this personage started to oppress her, and then push its way out to the surface from within her. And um, mm-hmm. I did read up on her, you know, I studied the case rather thoroughly, and I can't mm-hmm. give you all the details, like you know, names and dates and times, but. Um, all right. Yeah, I'll tell you, if somebody wants to get into demonology or pursue that as an avocation, and if they're serious about it, um, read the case of Annalise and uh, even looking at the pictures and listening to the recording, the recordings of the exorcism that was performed on her or one of the yeah. exorcisms. It's, it's very trying. It's very challenging to get through that and actually look mm-hmm. at it and then think, you know, is this what I want? Could I face something right. like this? You know, exactly.
1: There's screams of like agony and uh, screaming like I've never heard in my life. Like just. You like, have heard this thing, place. yeah. It's not. It's not. It might not be the actual case. I can imagine. I can yeah. literally imagine what the reality might. be. Well, we happen to have a caller on the line. Carl. Yay, a caller! Okay,
4: I'm here for you.
1: <laughs> might
4: be somebody I know. Maybe not.
1: Rhode
2: Island. All right. We're
1: going to take From Rhode color. Island. Yeah, yeah
2: another Rhodey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. you are live on the air. Who are we speaking with?
2: Hello. This is Keith Johnson, brother of Carl Johnson. Hi, Hi. How
1: are you? Oh, my God. Hello. That's really best... <laughs> I love this. How are you?
2: I'm doing fine. It's um, it's a fascinating program I've been listening to here.
4: Then he must oh, have heard all the nice things
2: I've said about
4: him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, this is the actual <laughs> infamous Ethan Carl Johnson. Yes. These are the twin brothers that were first in the Parent house. That's right. Now, how is everyone? We talked to Ms. Yes. Johnson. How's your lady love doing? I got to get that out of the way first.
2: Oh,
4: that's-, that's how Sandra's doing.
2: Wonderful. Oh, Sandra's, yeah, she's doing well. She's, um, she went to bed a little while ago. She's upstairs, but she's doing well. She had a, yeah, you know, we both had a busy day today, but, uh, now we're relaxing and how at are home. You so, um, how are you oh, I'm feeling,
5: you? I'm feeling fine.
2: I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Um, you know, some, some of the stresses of life, but, uh. Everybody has to deal with them, of course. And um, mm-hmm. yes, and I heard my brother talking about uh, the, the possession of Lucas. That was uh, quite a horrendous yeah. case we were on. Uh, yeah, that all happened. I was witness to uh, my brother's my brother moving back in a chair, moving back at least a few feet, and it was a large family chair too. And that was when the rumble came across the floor, and almost like an earth tremor. And when it reached Kyle, he and the chair both started moving back spontaneously. So um, oh my God. that's that's kind of when you know it's the real deal.
1: <laughs> now, what was happening with you, Keith, at the time? Did you experience any of that activity, uh, you know, attacking yourself? Or how did that go?
2: No. You know, I, I felt that, you can tell, I call it an aura. It's like an aura about three to five seconds before something will manifest. You can feel that in the room where it's just draining the energy. It's draining your body of energy. I did feel that. However, it's interesting that we were sitting in a semicircle, and at one point, the spirit seemed to come out of Lucas, boy Lucas, and it started looking for weaknesses in each one of us uh, by Mm -hmm. tapping the uh, back of our neck, the base of our skull, trying to get in. And uh, Mm -hmm. it did it to... uh, the girl next to me, the young woman next to me, who was uh, one of the relatives of Lucas, and she started screaming and holding, clutching the back of her neck, oh, Dios mio, Dios mio, screaming, and she, she ran crying out of the room, crying and screaming, saying it was uh, touching her, trying to get into her. It touched, and the, to the ne- other side of me, it did touch Carl. He not afford it off, but he did feel it tingling at the back of his neck, like probing him. It, it just left me alone. It didn't touch me. I think that was because I happened to have an open Bible. I had an open Bible in my lap and i had been reading, so I think that reflected it. So that shows there is, a, there is good power, there is good that it didn't even touch me at all.
1: Wow, yes. I, 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 that's why I, I study in the Bible, everyone. I mean, the words, the history in the Bible, I mean... You can't air. see. I don't study the Bible, but I own a Bible. But you got me. with me. But you got
3: me.
1: So I'm air. a walking talking Bible. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it in your in your opinion, Keith, in the in the putting together this demonology handbook? What piece of information did you find, in your opinion, to be the most prominent, most important piece that our our listeners should um, take home with them tonight when they when they you know go out there and buy their Amazon and
2: Get on their Amazon Prime and order the book. All oh, Bonds and Noble, oh, sure. Right. Is that
1: a question, Director
2: think Yes. 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 I yes. can't yes. tell who's who. I think the. I can. Okay, I can't yes. tell who's answering. You know? so I'm talking <laughs> about the uh, section. Yeah, <laughs> I I think it's very important talking about the sections with the uh, an active demonologist. See, an active demonologist is not someone who just studies, but someone who actually goes out in the field as Colin, and Sandra and I do. And Lana does, we actually go out into the field and uh, try to help people. We interview the clients and do we, as Carl was just saying, obviously from these cases, we do get personally and physically spiritually involved in these cases. So that's an active demonologist. I think that's very, very important. And also, um, the media, how some things in the media are, are portrayed accurately and some are not portrayed so accurately. Yep. So uh, you should have discernment about that as well, you know, some of the things that go on in the way things are presented in TV shows that uh, you have to uh, kind of have an open mind and question everything as well. Right. And it's so
1: important that you guys, both you and Carl, talk about that because Yes, these things are somewhat based in truth, but it's not all truth. It's made for entertainment purposes. The realities in most cases are actually much worse than what we would, the public could actually yeah, Even sometimes reality yeah. TV is a reality. Right. It uh, mm-hmm. saves so think about things. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so very, very true. And that's why I like to say, it's like being a witch. You don't, you just want to dabble in it. You really want to be able to, like you say, be active um, be constantly learning. Be aware. Check in with your previous cases. Make sure things are going well. Like literally, be an active demonologist, like they're saying. Um, it's very important. Don't you said witch? I said witch. Yes, witch. Yeah. I don't know if they have to do with demonology. Well, no. because of, you don't <laughs> want to be a dabbler, a witch dabbler. I'm just picking on her now. You don't want to be a witch dabbler. Like you don't want to be a bigfoot dabbler. You want to be out there hunting for bigfoot. You want to be out there doing that. Hunting. Exactly. You it's, want to be in the field, like in the, like the down <laughs> you know the you know. War. Yeah, I definitely. I I really again. I recommend this Amazon.com. Um, Shadow Realm Demonology Handbook. You can find it on Amazon. You can go to Barnes & Noble's in case you have the Barnes & Noble app as well. Yeah. You can go down there order the book. And I really do recommend this book. It's a really good book. But, you know, we've got on the subject of what is your opinion of the paranormal TV shows? Right. What are you... Both you um, and Keith have been involved in, like, putting shows together in, in the industry for many many. years. Exactly. So, so what are your opinions right now, like, on what's going on with the, the paranormal TV shows right now in this day and age? Well, and basically, want to presented, presented, exactly. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll respond then, Keith,
4: probably, and chime in. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they're presented basically oh, as entertainments, and not everything on them is genuine. There is a new show coming out, and that's not you know I'm I'm generalizing here. Uh, there is a new show that's coming out, debuting, uh, Paranormal Live about the Tennessee rape chasers, and uh, I have a feeling that they're pretty sincere. I mean,
2: the the
4: fact that they're you know broaching this their investigations with live documentation, you know, kind of uh, right, kind of max of sincerity, you know. It's, I, I think it's, uh, I think they're going to be the real deal. I haven't watched an episode of it yet, you know. I, I certainly hope mm-hmm. they're forthright. Um, but mm-hmm. that, that looks like it's going kind to of be a good show, it's going to be on the travel channel. So, don't know.
1: lie, we'll have to make a point of checking that out. Yeah, that's pretty, co- yeah. pretty difficult. To but look. there
4: are a lot of, there's a lot of contrivance in these shows, a lot of fibsy you know, like I, I, I know that, and uh, I mean, Keith and I have never staged anything, never contrived any evidence, especially not for a television camera, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. kind of why we've been excluded from some of the episodes. But uh, <laughs> really, really yeah. it's true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, some of it gets so ridiculous. Uh, I think Ghost Hunters went on about four seasons longer than it should have. They weren't drawing in the audience anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I mean,. Um, paranormal state just got so out of hand that, you know, like, nobody took them seriously after a while. They, they oh, wow. were on the after- too long.
1: Yeah, person, after, I to I to about, after a while, it kind of took almost like a parody approach to paranormal state because... Well, it it kind yeah. of, the demon wow. is a demon. You know, the rat that lives in the closet. Yeah, of the I, really watched, I think it was a demon on that. I think I only watched one or two episodes of one paranormal mm. show, which is really weird, but I did, and the only thing I got out of it was... This one guy had this really awesome large remote control truck with a video camera that you could put in anywhere
2: in case it's a oh too small. Where well, they have the lab, it. yeah. That's
1: that's what I take out of. Them. I'm saying, wow, look at that idea. I, right? I want to build that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm taking out of this. That's a cool piece of equipment. I can yeah, the, the the, whole the get it to hold and get Brad, Brad <laughs> yeah, and Barry
4: <laughs> Kling, wow. the ghost lab. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did it like one, a like C S I.
1: It wasn't like an introduction to everyone about the different equipment. When it, when all those different T V shows did start up, I believe that what you know that's what people probably first got to learn about, the actual equipment for paranormal investigating. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know I, you can make it up. Yeah. Make a large I was able to uh, I was able yeah.
4: to investigate with the you know, paranormal investigation with the Kling Brothers of the old opera house. In Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, and yeah, Brad and Barry Kling. Yeah, I think they were the real deal. And I think their show had a good concept. Uh, Perhaps it was maybe two dimensional. I don't know. People weren't enchanted with it after it didn't go to a fourth season. But I thought it was pretty good in its time. I, I wish it had kept on.
1: It's almost yeah. like the more real it is, the more people kind of lose interest in That's the reality. That's it. They it. didn't have
4: the drama okay. behind the scenes. They just went out and yeah. investigated the paranormal, and uh,
1: wow.
4: you know, maybe people wanted some now, other dimension to it.
1: Is, oh, definitely. One of the places Michelle and I would like to get into it is mm-hmm. see if, uh, if any, anything happens. And we don't know. It could be absolutely nothing. is yeah. the R P M theater. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's my up. my husband, God used to tell me stories after stories after stories mm-hmm. of that place. He was just like a history buff. So yeah. I would love to get in there just to just to see it. You know, that's one of the places I it's I love uh, historical places. Exactly. And, you know. and that's one, another thing too, Carl. I know if you can kind of bring that, up, maybe talk about that a little bit too. Not every place is haunted. Exactly. Um, you, you can go and investigate and do an investigation. And see if you do get evidence on your pieces of equipment that may
2: suggest that there is more there.
1: Doesn't all you can't automatically assume everywhere you right.
2: go is only haunted, right? Right.
1: And,
2: and two things: if somebody doesn't produce
4: paranormal investigation or doesn't isn't able to capture it in the course of an investigation, that's still a success because right. it doesn't mean the place was never haunted or isn't haunted. It just means that. You know, while you were there, you didn't capture anything. Also, if, you know, you don't get anything, that's documenting. That's a success. You've got Mm -hmm, something to show for it. You know, that's like, okay, we didn't get any paranormal activity. We expected to, but we didn't. And that's something. That's an experience. I mean, and you can always go back, and it could be also one of those things there. See if it's different the next time the team goes in.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That, does that happen
4: with house cases as well? Yes. Yeah, so besides ghosts and demons, they're notorious. You know, unseen beings are notorious for hiding and, and not cooperating. You know, they don't want to get their picture on the film. They don't want to be <laughs> caught and revealed.
1: They're shy that way. Yeah. That's probably why they kinda like get really annoyed by the the, the very passionate European Portuguese lady yelling at them, Get the hell out of this
2: house. Probably be it.
1: Well,
2: That's why when hanging, you know you investigate a
4: house often you hear from the, the, the subject, the clients, they'll say later, you know, oh all hell broke loose after
1: you guys left. Right, right. it's well it's expected to because if all the rest of that energy is kind of just dissipating and going. It's a good thing. It's, it's a positive thing, you know? Um sometimes it just takes pick a few times too. Now, here's an interesting question I have for okay. you, Carl, too, and Keith if you're still listening, I yeah. he's probably having some cookies with my, with Bev over there. <laughs> um now, <laughs> now now, do you find that um how do I formulate this question? Um how do I formulate this question now? <laughs> uh, la, 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 la. Okay. I just did. It just, just left. It just totally left. Okay, we were talking about TV and equipment, well, and then yes. you mentioned cookies. Yes. Oh, see, okay. the cookies threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cookies just cool. threw me off. <laughs> no, I and mean, um, like your feeling of the um, how do I explain this? Okay, um, the language barrier. The I feel like the the language barrier demons. People have a confusion. And they uh, do you believe that demons have their own language? Is probably the first part of that question that I have to spit out. Do, do you think demons have their very own language that we don't know that we're not aware of?
4: Yes, I do. I think they have a mode of communication that's alien to us, and it's it maybe it even has a vocal propensity to it. And, uh, I mean. And you could probably more readily understand Japanese if you'd never studied it than you could a demonic language. They, I think, they mm-hmm. do have their own way of speaking, and this this has nothing to do with speaking in tongues. So you know, supposed the right, Holy Spirit, language. you know, or, I don't you know in with, inspire someone to speak with an angelic tongue. No, I think they, I think mm-hmm. they do have their own language. Um, that would explain some of the recordings that have been captured that are just unintelligible, but they're. Their vocalizations, but they're saying something. Like uh, I was involved in an investigation where a lady was possessed. This was in uh, El Dorado, Oklahoma, back in. I I was introduced to that case in November two thousand nine, and a month before, a lady was taken over. She was a member of Oklahoma Paranormal Research Society, and she was taken over. And she was she was enunciating. She was saying something, but it's, it was no language we know of. And I think that was an example of demonic language. And because you find similarities in this when people speak demonic utterances under states of possession. So I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I do believe that there is. I don't don't mention that in my book, but I will in my next one. <laughs> you can definitely take a
1: correct article from me. What is your take on reverse EVP?
4: Reverse EVP mean whether the language is actually reversed?
1: Yeah, no. Is, uh, uh, with, say if if you get an EVP and it says one thing forward, but yet you reverse it and it says something totally different. But it's it's you can hear it. It's like legible, like writing. It's you understand what it's saying, but it says something totally different. Yeah,
4: well, that's a strong indication that it's a genuine demonic presence because that's it's not something that you know a human could replicate easily, not without sophisticated equipment in the studio, and if you know the source, if you know the person who recorded it and you trust them, you trust it as authentic, mm-hmm. then that's a, yeah, that's a strong indication. You've got something not human there. That's something disembodied that's speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, that's very strong and important evidence if you get something like that. And it's fascinating to to analyze it, to play it
3: people reverse it and, it or play the it the
4: accelerate list. the recording or slow it down and see what messages come forth. Because sometimes, yeah. like with visual, you know, with pictures mm-hmm. and film, sometimes information is, an, is a signature that's imprinted. There's noise, we call it, noise in the picture or noise in the audio recording that we may not decipher at first, but you analyze it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes right. that's very fascinating to come out with something. Oh, my God, it's saying something. It's telling us something. It has a message. Now we've caught it. It's almost like the spirit or the demon didn't want you to hear it. And it comes out. Or maybe they were banking on you hearing it, you know, and surprise, surprise. That's one of the most fascinating pieces of evidence if you can get reverse EVP, as it's commonly referred to.
1: because well, I'm curious about that because I find it interesting, um, like when I go to, to house cleansings, for instance, not demonic, uh, house cleansing. Um, yeah. Sometimes... There is, like, you know, grandma still hanging around, and she speaks Portuguese. Um, and I find that if I perform the, the actual cleansing in Portuguese, so I, I almost feel like it happens a little bit more successful in the language of who I'm actually speaking to than in English, for instance. And so I always, it always makes me wonder if saying a house in English is actually the language that, you know, the the spirit of the house is actually going to understand or not. Or what if you speak Chinese? What if you speak Russian? I mean, what if what if they're not understanding? So I I always kind of try to find out about you know a little bit about the the language yeah That's the base of the language exactly. of the house you know and if it, if it's doing Portuguese I'll do the house playing Portuguese I can do it in Spanish I can do it in English I haven't tried it in Chinese yet though no she does speak <coughs> Chinese, I used to. <laughs> well, I can I, I can attempt it
4: in Spanish. I just run out of Spanish very quickly.
1: <laughs> <¿Quieres un taco? laughs> but I tell you, Taco
4: Bell, yo quiero taco bell. Well I'll tell you, you habla español pero yo te mask. is solo busca yo vivir in Puerto Rico por cuatro meses en tiempo. Pero ahora no sabe mucho es gusto y no práctica. Pero un tiempo yo tengo una novia de España entonces yo hablo español todo el tiempo. Pero ahora no no mucho no es novia. Hold, hold it hold it what did you say he says that
1: he feels that he did learn the Spanish when he was in Puerto Rico for oh you years do what? At... you
0: understood everything I said I Michelle
1: he you does. did he said, yes I did and to hablar well, Spanish muy bien hablar so <laughs> español muy bien That you give me some credit for. That was awesome. I just used up about I I used up about fifty percent of the Spanish I
4: I, I have under my control. You know. That's very
1: good. Wow. You know, well, Santeria is also a big exorcism-based religion too.
4: So. um, Yes, and that's what well, well, that was one of the aspects of the possession of Lucas that you know there was a Santeria that you know Santerian priestess. You know, she's called a Santera, who was. Mm -hmm. schooled in such systems, So you had Christian uh, expulsion and you had Santeria, which is um, it is basically Catholic Christian, but uh, has some
3: Spanish voodoo leanings,
4: I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's influenced by the Vudan. Mm-hmm. All right,
1: we got about four minutes left of this show already. <laughs> oh, Carl, four
4: minutes. I'll- no, I, I wanted won't. to tell you one more thing about of availability of my book, just to interject. Uh, there's a charming little shop out in North situate, Rhode Island, along route six Danielson Pike. And uh, it's called bewitched of situate. And the oh. proprietress has my book on her shelf, Roxanne. And, uh, you can find it there. If you happen to be out in situate, Rhode Island and going along Danielson Pike and, uh, on her bookshelf, or copies of my book, you find it there. You can also find it on the bookshelf in Slater Mill Museum gift shop, as are copies of Keith's Paranormal Reality series.
1: Right, that was my next question, was going to be that. And with all, all we just can't thank you enough, Carl, for coming on. So, before, before, the opportunity. before, we, are, before we say our goodbyes, why don't you tell everybody? How to get a hold of you in case something does come up. And the super um, demonology and we'll have... team, Keith Johnson, Sandra, Lana, the super demonology team, like the super twins. Hey.
4: Well, the twins. default oh. means, of yeah. By default, if you can't find any other way, look me up on Facebook. I'm probably in the only Carl L. Johnson in the state of Rhode Island who's a demonologist, probably. So if you can find me on yeah. Facebook, but... My website, uh, I'll give you the handle for it. It's an uh, H-T-T-P. HTTPS colon double slash forward. You probably don't need all that. Demonology Incorporated in the handle is demonologyinc.wixsite.com and forward slash home. But basically, W-I-X, wixsite dot com. When the site was newer, you kind of needed to put in the uh, HTTPS colon, but now it's it's been established. It's you know firmer, so you just put you know demonology incorporated is the name of mine and Lana's website. Oh, you know,
1: going right up in that room right now as we speak. Oh please do, sure do yes. List, send it to all your paranormal friends. Now when well, we everywhere. didn't even touch. The surface of this book. No. At no. all. So if you want to know more, don't forget go to Amazon, go to the bookstores, yes. go to the local places in Rhode Island. If you're not from Rhode Island, order it right off of Amazon. Yes. You know, you, you yeah. really want to pick a copy of this book. So. Yes. Yes, yes. All right, we got yeah. about one also, minute left yeah.
4: Okay, there's an email address too, dem- dem- and they spell out incorporated in this one. Demonology Incorporated, it's all contiguous all together. Demonology Incorporated at gmail.com. That's simpler. Gotta shoot him. Hey. Hello, yep. everyone. We
1: got about 90 seconds left. So I want to say thank you so much for, all for being our guest. You're welcome. We had so much fun. Mm-hmm. We got Christy Amaral on next week. She is like a Diamond, I just I ran across her. I stole actually, I'm my excited. neighbor, my upstairs neighbor, founder. Yeah. She is an amazing. individual wow. with an it. forward. gift. Ah, and I want to God, I share her with the world. God, I want to share with the world. So. I... Okay. I think it's always when I think, always
4: when, uh, I think uh, I'm always. It's always a full moon when I'm your guest. It's almost a full moon tonight. Tomorrow oh, night will I be I the know,
1: day. Right? Make sure that you yeah. give Mama Vet Johnson a big yell. Give everybody I a sure day. will. We have to close this off now. <laughs> hey. I so But bye. Thank you so much. for Good
0: being night. You. God bless. So good
1: night. My brother. pleasure. Have a good day. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks Thank so for much.
0: tuning in to Awakening the Unknown with Susan Swanberg and Michelle Sullivan. Join us next week for another fun-filled two hours. Hey Spotify listeners, there's a saying, fortune favors the bold. At Johnson & Wales University Online, we know success comes to those who are committed to their goals, who go the extra mile, who keep their eyes on the prize. So we make a deal with our students. If you put in the effort, we'll work tirelessly to support you every step of the way. After all, when you succeed, we all win. Text BOLD to 474747 to learn more. Fall undergraduate classes begin September 3rd. JWU Online. Your time is now. Take 10 for Boston's 10. Take Phil and Shannon to go. Take live streaming breaking news. Take
1: 10 and get your news local and live.
0: Download the NBC10 Boston app today. Boston's 10. News to go.
1: Hey guys, quick reminder, don't miss America's number one singing competition, The Voice. Or TV's number one drama, This Is Us. Or the one new show everyone is buzzing about, New Amsterdam. You can find them all tonight on NBC. How convenient is that?